Hello and welcome to another episode of Big Lash Energy. I'm your host, Jaina Marie. How are you doing? You're looking good. I mean, I haven't seen you since last year. <laughs> Starting the year off right with a dad joke. Feels good. Feels good. <laughs> How were your holidays? Did you eat all the cookies? I know I did. Did you ignore all the phone calls? Did you take all the naps? I sure hope so. You want to know something kind of sad? Until recently, my stupid hustle mentality had me convinced that taking time off was a waste. Seriously, I felt like if I wasn't working, I was just being an unproductive lazy ass. But all of that changed on my most recent flight to Mexico when someone said exactly what I needed to hear. I was in my seat trying my best to look as unapproachable as possible in order to avoid making conversation with the man and his child next to me. I mean, I had my headphones on, I was wearing a hat, and I had a hoodie over my head too, so you can't even see my eyes. It looks like I'm tuning out the world. But at one point, I accidentally made eye contact with the guy, and he actually motioned for me to take my headphones off. Hey, hey, take your, hey, let's talk. I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Next thing I know, we're telling each other our life stories. Damn it, I wasn't needing a new friend. I needed a nap. He told me about what he was doing in Mexico, and I explained to him that I was on the trip to rest and write a couple episodes. And as we said our final goodbyes at the airport, he said to me, It was lovely meeting you. Now go make energy. Go make energy. Those three words repeated over and over in my head. Go, go make, make energy. energy. Go make energy. Energy. I'd never thought of taking a break as creating something. Rather, to me, it was the exact opposite. Because if you're resting, you're definitely not doing shit. But if you call it making energy, then something about it feels productive. I guess if you picture an electric car sitting at a charging station, as it stays there, doing nothing, it's taking in, saving, or I guess you could say making energy. And of course, just like you'd never expect the car to run on empty, why the hell would we expect our bodies to do the same? So that trip, whenever I caught myself feeling guilty for doing nothing, I tell myself I'm making energy for later. So if you became a couch over the holidays, if you did more napping than squatting, and the only cardio that you got done was the walk from the fridge to the table, then congratulations, my friend, you made all the energy. See, there's absolutely no reason to feel guilty because now you're all charged up and ready to take on 2023. This time of the year, the fitness and retail industries love to capitalize off of our hopes for a new beginning, as well as our guilt for indulging over the holidays. Gym memberships are on sale. Cardio equipment's taken up when you get there. Grocery stores are selling yoga mats, hand weights, and booty bands. Magazine covers advertise weight loss solutions. Friends are jumping on the bandwagon. And I'm just sitting here once again with PTSD from my high school days, thinking of all the ridiculous things I've done through the years to try and drop a few pounds. Today, I thought it would be fun to have a laugh at some of the wildest shit I've done throughout the years. Who knows? Maybe you'll be able to relate. And at the end, we're going to talk about four questions you need to ask yourself before choosing a fitness or nutrition plan to get you started for the year. So honey, it's time to put down the shake weight, step away from the thigh master because today we're burning our scales and not looking back. Welcome to Big Lash Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now here's your favorite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. Oh,
any New Year's resolutions? If so, there's almost a 50% chance that it has to do with weight loss. According to the Statistica Global Consumer Survey, the top three New Year's resolutions for 2022 were number one, work out more often, number two, eat healthier, and number three, lose weight. So basic. (laughs) It's been a year. How did you do? Did you stick to it? Even aside from New Year's resolutions, at any given time, approximately 48% of North Americans say that they're trying to lose weight. And there's big money to be made in us wanting to feel smaller, in us not feeling good enough. Americans alone spend around $33 billion a year on weight loss products. The weight loss and weight management diet market was valued at $192 billion in 2019, and it's projected to reach $295 billion by 2027. So clearly, they're predicting that our desire for quick fixes will not be slowing down anytime soon. As embarrassed as I am about the list I'm going to be sharing with you today, it's no wonder I've done all these wild and crazy things to try and lose weight. I mean, how could I not? I was raised on Barbies, Cosmopolitan and Seventeen magazines with models like Kate Moss and Nikki Taylor on the covers. Don't forget the Calvin Klein ads, hydroxy cut, low rise jeans, pop stars with tiny itsy bitsy midriffs, shake diets. Then of course, All of that was also influencing the women in my life who also had an influence on me. Like my mom would work out to VHS tapes of Jane Fonda aerobics in our living room. She even bought me a kid's fitness set called Get In Shape Girl with child-sized leg warmers, sweatbands, and mini pink weights so I could do it with her. She was always on some kind of diet for as long as I can remember. She'd go weeks living off of soups, crunching on celery, and anytime she got really sick, I'd hear her say, Oh, that was the worst. I couldn't stop throwing up for the last five days, but hey, Hopefully I lost a couple pounds. She also had a friend named Winnie who used laxatives to lose weight. My sister and I knew because whenever she came to visit us, she was always in her bathroom after every meal, shitting her brains out. Oh, and we found the pills too. My mom would always get mad at us when we'd call her Winnie the Pooh. The message I received loud and clear was, be smaller no matter what it takes. And trust me, I've done whatever it took. And just so you don't feel guilty for buying into it all, here's my list of the most ridiculous things I've done to drop a few pounds. So please keep in mind, I am by no means recommending you try any of this. Any of this. I'm sharing it so we can have a laugh at the lengths I've gone through with marginal or zero success. Not a single one of these things had any sort of long lasting benefits. In fact, most of them probably did more harm than good. So anyways, let's get to it, shall we? Introducing Gina's List of Weight Loss Ridiculousness. Oof, just scanning over this page, I have to tell you, this is not easy for me, okay? This is so embarrassing, but I feel like, you know what, you might be able to relate, or maybe you'll find it funny, or maybe you'll think it's tragic, because honestly, each of the things on this list represent time that I've wasted not loving myself. So anyways, here we go. The first one. Okay. Thinking back, this is the very first thing that I can remember doing, trying to lose weight. And it was back in junior high. I took caffeine pills because my friend told me that they would suppress my appetite and boost my metabolism when really all they did was give me anxiety and the shakes, which is super not helpful when you're already a hormonal little middle school child. 
Number two, of course, this one's kind of obvious. I've obsessed over working out so much that it became unhealthy. I'm talking, I was doing two workouts a day, seven days a week. It's just too much and your body doesn't get a chance to recover at all. Third, I took cayenne pepper pills that were supposed to raise my body temperature to boost my metabolism and burn fat, but all they did was give me heartburn and spicy burps. (laughs) This one is especially embarrassing. Number four, I've sprayed Windex on food in the garbage so that I wouldn't take it out and eat it. Yes. Food addiction is a real thing, my friend. So keep in mind, this only became a thing because I'd taken things out of the garbage to eat before. Yeah. So how would this happen? Well, let's say, for example, someone would give me a box of chocolates. Well, I had absolutely zero self-control. I couldn't keep my hands off of them. So I would think, damn it, Gina, if you don't throw these away, you're going to eat your day's worth of calories all before bedtime. So since I didn't have the self-control that I needed to simply stay away from the chocolates, I would put them in the garbage and then think that I'm going to just go back to what I was doing. But of course, no matter where I would go in my house, I could still hear the chocolates talking to me from the garbage can. They'd be saying things like, Gina, it's not that gross in here. We're just chilling between an egg carton and a plastic bag. Totally clean. Still totally edible. So of course, in order to prevent myself from going into the garbage and eating the chocolates like I had done before, I would spray them with Windex. Come on. I can't be the only one. Oh my goodness. I've also weighed and calculated every single piece of food I've put in my mouth, which was incredibly time consuming, stress inducing, and just plain annoying. I mean, imagine I'm sitting at a restaurant with my app trying to add every little bite or morsel of ingredient that I could find. It was just really not livable. (laughs) One of the more embarrassing ones. Oh, I've actually wrapped layers of cling wrap around my arms, my legs, and my stomach, then put on a sweatsuit on top and jumped around in my living room in a black garbage bag, trying to sweat off the fat. Yeah. Then when you take the cling wrap off, it is just water and sweat pouring off of you. It's disgusting. But of course, it only ends up being water weight and it comes back as soon as you drink anything. So I wasted all that cling wrap for nothing. Sorry, mom. I've also chewed on things and then spat them out so that I could have the flavor in my mouth without consuming the calories. Oh, I remember one time my ex asked, uh, why are there chewed up fuzzy peach candies in my garbage can? That wasn't embarrassing at all. (laughs) I also went through a phase where I wore ankle weights and booty bands everywhere. So imagine you're at the grocery store shopping for some canned goods and then you see me with my ankle weights on doing lunches down the aisle. Yeah, those were the days for me, my friend. I even would do booty band exercises in my car at red lights. Obsessed much? I've also gone through a phase where I ate small amounts of high protein food every four hours on the dot. Like I would set an alarm for it. So even if I was in the middle of a makeup application, it would be like, sorry, um, do you mind if I quickly eat this protein bar or these nine almonds real quick? Oh, then uh, I debated on whether or not I should talk about this, but it really is a good example of the extreme things I've done. So I've also tried colon hydrotherapy. Do you know what that is? Well, it's possibly one of the more extreme things I've done and for almost zero benefit. This is when they put a tube in your butt. Yep, in your butt. 
and they flush water up into your intestines and then it comes back out and you just lay there on a bed with every undigested piece of food from your intestines flying past you for you to see. And I guess the concept is that it empties your bowels and your stomach lining of any extra food and weight. I remember the practitioner saying, Oh, you like goji berries, I see. Because, yeah, you can literally see all of the food coming out of you or all the undigested particles coming out of you. This just made absolutely zero sense because, sure, your weight goes down temporarily immediately after the procedure, but it's just because you have completely empty bowels. Basically, you just lost shit weight, and as soon as you eat again, it's back. Zero stars would not recommend. <laughs> Ugh, there's also the HCG diet. Oof, that's where I took hormone injections that killed my appetite so that I was surviving off of 500, 500 calories, calories a day, a day. Sure, I dropped weight, but I also lost most of my hair, completely murdered my metabolism, and of course, packed on the pounds as soon as I went back to eating like normal. No bueno, no bueno. I've also made countless vision boards of skinny chicks that I'll never be able to look like, which is not good for self-esteem. I've taken countless before pictures and measurements that were never followed up with the dedication needed for a meaningful after. And probably the craziest of them all, I've gone on a weight loss reality TV show. Yep. Yep. Stay tuned because next week I'm going to be telling you all about it. <laughs> now that I'm looking at this list, I'm asking myself, is there anything I haven't tried? Thankfully, these days, the pressure to be skinny isn't as much of a thing. But there are new body trends, new body ideals. Sure, there's a focus on inclusivity and body positivity, but let's be real here. There are influencers all over social media with fit bodies that have either been bought or photoshopped. And while they say that curves are in, it certainly feels like they have to be the right curves in the right places. Like, sure, have a big ass, but it better be with a small flat stomach or you could be full figured as long as you still have the face of a 120 pound runway model. Oh, and don't even get me started on the pregnant women. I can't stand the before and after pics that have new moms feeling like they should be able to be back to tight and tiny within six months of giving birth. It's all incredibly unrealistic and pair that with the foundation of being raised in the same era as I was and wow, that's a lot of pressure to try and look perfect and it all comes to a head every January 1st when we're reminded that this is the time of the year that we're supposed to be fixing ourselves. Now, don't get me wrong, wanting to be in better shape isn't a bad thing at all. In fact, I'm all for wanting to be the very best version of ourselves. And if we have a goal for ourselves, it can be incredibly rewarding once we achieve it. Where it gets dicey is when we look a little more closely at the how and the why. Why are we doing it? Are we doing it for the right reasons? And are we doing it in a healthy, sustainable way? So before you buy into that program on the infomercial, before you download that app or sign up for that challenge, here are four questions I'd like you to ask yourself before getting started. Number one, could I do this for the rest of my life? Does it fit my schedule? Remember, the weight will only stay lost for as long as you can stay on the program. If it isn't something you can sustain, then the weight loss won't be sustainable either. I read that 90% of people who lose weight put it back on eventually. And that makes perfect sense when you think that most people are using quick fixes and not making actual lifestyle changes. You can't drink those shakes three meals a day for the rest of your life. You can't survive off of 500 calories a day and you certainly cannot live in cling wrap. 
Number two. Is it good for my mental health as well? This one is so, so, so important. If you found a program that requires you to be overly obsessed, or if you have the kind of personality where you know you're going to obsess over something to the point where you're unable to enjoy your life, or you're berating yourself for messing up, then it's become disordered eating. And in my opinion, no weight loss or fitness goal is worth your mental health. The goal is to be healthy mind, body, and spirit. Remember that. Also, there are programs that you can sign up for that prey on your insecurities to keep you spending money, and those aren't good for your mental health either. Always check in with yourself. Do inventory on your mental well-being to make sure that what you're doing is healthy on all levels. If losing weight comes at the expense of your mental health, then honey, it costs too much. Number three, Am I also doing the inner work or healing that I need so that I'm no longer eating to fill a void? From my experience, I've seen that the best results happen externally after I've done the most work internally. So I'm a very emotional eater. If I'm stressed, sad, hurting, or hell, even if I'm happy, I look to food. Food, especially sugar, gives us a feeling of euphoria. Did you know that it actually activates the same pleasure centers in the brain as when you do cocaine? When you eat sugar, feel-good chemicals like dopamine and opioids are released, activating the reward circuit in the brain. So this is similar to the way the brain reacts to the ingestion of substances like heroin and cocaine. So that's the reason that food has been called the good girl's drug. It's incredibly addicting and also very accessible. So there's no wonder then that when you want to feel good, you look to food. But food doesn't fix the problem. And if you take the sugar away, you've only taken away the medicine that you were using to help the issue. So that's a very complicated way of saying if you're healed on the inside, you won't need to use food as medicine. Number four is, am I doing this out of love? Please, please, I beg of you, don't ever, ever start a new diet or fitness program out of a hate for how you look or the weight that you've gained. Taking care of yourself should never, ever be considered a punishment. Instead, spend time and effort feeding your body correctly because you appreciate it. Fuel it for peak performance. Work out as a prayer of gratitude for the ability to move and as a celebration of your life and a tribute to your youth. This January, and always, skip the resolutions that have to do with specific shapes and sizes. Skip working out as a punishment for eating too much or gaining weight. Forget trying to change your body in order to get the approval of anyone else. Skip any diet program that comes at the expense of your mental health. Do anything you choose to do as a celebration of you, a mental escape, a reward even, a thank you to your body for being able to move and an investment into your future. Choose a feeling and let that be your goal. So set your intentions like it's already happened. Like instead of saying, I want to lose 10 pounds, try saying this year, I'll feel more comfortable in my skin and then act in a way that will help you feel more confident. Instead of saying something like this year, I want to work out more. Try by the end of this year, I'm going to feel stronger and then do what it takes to make that happen. Instead of saying this year, I'm going to eat healthier. Try, I'm going to feel proud of my food choices this year. Then eventually you'll start to see the changes on the outside too. 
That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for pressing play. If you found this episode helpful, could you pretty please share it with a friend? I hear every time you do, someone else learns how to love themselves just a little bit more. It's true. Now, go be your most fabulous self and don't forget to spread that badass big lash energy everywhere you go. Thank you so much. Go, go make energy. energy. Goodbye.